Hello and welcome back to the Proud Horse Girl podcast, the podcast where we chat about what it means to be a horse girl and our experiences in the equestrian world. I'm so glad to have you listening today. Today is another solo episode with me, your host, Annika Saddleweiser. Don't worry, next week we'll be back with another awesome guest, someone who equestrians in both Edmonton and Calgary will probably be familiar with. But first, I wanted to do a bit more of a deep dive episode with just me. In going through these episodes and interviewing these people, I've been realizing that I maybe didn't let you guys get to know me well enough in the first episode. I kind of gave an intro into my journey into riding, but I think it'd be better for you guys to know a bit more about me before we get started with some more interview episodes. So in the first episode, I told you all a bit about how I got into riding and came to own my first horse, Diesel. But I didn't really talk about where I was with riding right now. Obviously, I still own Diesel, but for the past four years, I've taken a break from competitive riding and have stayed out of the show ring. And this has actually really influenced my perspective as an equestrian, I think. Diesel was even semi-retired at one point due to an injury and some underlying health issues. And then when he wasn't retired, it was really just pleasure riding. I didn't ride very often. But in January of last year, I found him an excellent lease rider, and I was able to devote more time back to riding, and I just had a really great team as well, devoted to kind of his care, his body work, you know, getting a really great farrier, and some good wet work, and really he's in better shape than he's ever been almost at 19 years old, which is, I mean, I'm so happy with that, I'm really impressed with him. And we actually have plans to enter the show ring again in the spring and to try dressage for not the first time, but I mean, before we just dabbled and now we're kind of jumping in feet first. So we were jumpers for a long time previously before we took our break from competition. And I was the kind of kid who (laughs) I always thought the bigger, the better in terms of jumping. And I was always asking the jumps to be put higher. I mean, I basically thought I was invincible, which, I mean, with a horse like Diesel, he's so honest, he's so forgiving, it was easy to kind of ride that way because he really never put a foot wrong. I mean, I can count on, like, one hand the times that I've fallen off of him, and most of them, if not all of them, have not been his fault, and none of them have been, you know, I've never been injured from falling off of him, I guess, so, I mean, knock on wood, but, you know, he's been a very good horse. So we even won our, our Barnes high jump competition two years in a row, jumping a meter 20. I remember at the time we jumped the meter 20 and everyone else had either, you know, run off to the side or uh, the jump had been knocked over. And I mean, I wanted to keep going. I was like, let's just keep putting it higher and higher until he couldn't jump it anymore because I was pretty convinced he could go higher. But the, they didn't do that. They were, they said that's good. You can jump meter twenty and be done. So, but I he was an excellent jumper. I mean, like I said, he will jump anything from any distance. Like he just has a heart of gold and he tries so hard. And yeah, he was just an amazing jumper for me, and we had a lot of fun. Yeah, I never never had any accidents or anything. But after four years of just very minimal jumping, when I was jumping, it was pretty low heights like nothing above three feet and I just kind of lost my nerve a bit but also I just lost my love of that part of the sport. I took him cross country this past summer and I was noticeably backed off and nervous. I mean he was 
raring to go, but I just, I don't enjoy jumping the way I used to. And I really have found a love for dressage these past few months for a couple of different reasons, which I'll go into later. But Diesel is still more than content to jump with his Lisa. I mean, he, he loves jumping and always will. But I'm much happier just watching them do it these days and I'll stick to the flat work. I mean, I'm really excited about dressage right now because it presents more of a challenge for us than jumping ever did because for us, jumping was very easy. Like I said, Diesel, like he was a kind of point and shoot kind of horse. You, it, it didn't take a lot of work and, you know, it wasn't very challenging for us. We got a lot of red ribbons, but he is not a dressage horse at all. So that is a big challenge and it's already been fun to kind of progress in different ways and to kind of just have that new aspect of our relationship. And I mean, after nine years, it's fun to kind of experience like clicking in different ways and having different challenges come after nine years of having him as my horse. So I'm really excited. And I've set some goals that I want to accomplish in that discipline. So I hope I'll have time to do a couple shows. My main goal is uh, I would love to place like top three in any any level at a dressage show, just because Diesel is not a dressage horse. I mean, when I, like, we are 100% jumpers, like, pretending to be dressage horses, or a dressage horse and a dressage rider, and yeah, he's improved a lot, but it is a challenge, so I would really just love for all our hard work to pay off, and just, just to be able to have one, like, red or blue ribbon, um, and just some high scores on a dressage test would just be, like, just amazing for me, and I, I think that also goes to show kind of the impact that taking a break off from competing has had on my perspective about riding because I mean before I took the break off I was a very competitive rider I mean I loved competing and I didn't have any of the like the nerves or the anxiety that some of my friends had around competing I mean I was just every element of horse shows I loved it I wanted to win I was very competitive and I had a horse who was also very competitive so we did win a lot and I took a lot of pride in that but I think just taking the time off kind of had me reevaluate my priorities and realize that a I love spending time with my horse more than competing but b it's not very fun to win if it's not a challenge and we had gotten to the point where it wasn't really a challenge and also we had kind of maxed out in height not because of diesel's ability but just because of his age and that kind of impact that had he was he doesn't have arthritis or anything but it just he wasn't going to be progressing through the heights when he was already like 15 years old I mean that's just not um very realistic and so yeah it just really changed my priorities and my perspective about what showing should be about and it shouldn't just be about winning it should be really a demonstration of your skills and just trying to learn thing, new things and connect with your horse in a new way. So yeah, I'm really excited. I mean, when I quit showing four years ago, I genuinely thought that I would never enter the show ring again, simply because at that point, Diesel was already 15 years old. And I knew that I was not going to have the time for a number of years due to university. And I figured by the time we got there to that point where I would have the time, he would just frankly be too old and likely not be there because most of the horses that I have known throughout, you know, friends owning horses and whatnot, by that point in time, they've developed arthritis. Not that they can't be ridden, but just that it's led to them slowing down. And I am very lucky health-wise that Diesel, I mean, I got him checked 
last year. He should probably get checked again soon. But last year, our vet was saying, like, he's still very good. I mean, nothing really to be concerned about. So I'm very lucky that at almost 19 years old, I have a very healthy horse that can take me to new disciplines and try new things. So I'm really excited about that. That was a bit of a long tangent to explain that, but, you know, that's okay. And so one question I ask all my interviewees is what what is one thing you wish to change in the horse world or educate horse people about? And I really like this question because I think it really underlines why I made this podcast. I think I I made this podcast A to create a community within the our local horse community, but also larger. I mean, I do hope for this podcast over time to interview kind of bigger guests that are outside just the Edmonton slash Calgary area. But I wanted to create a community where we could be comfortable talking about anything and specifically the less talked about topics of the equestrian community, which, I mean, I already feel like we've been covering that in the first two episodes with, you know, talking about mental health and anxiety and topics like wealth and stuff in the horse world, which are very, I don't want to say taboo, but kind of taboo topics. And I just think that's something that should happen more in the horse world. I think the horse world is a complicated place being that, I mean, we all know you do have to have some level of money basically to be in the horse world. And it also is a very competitive sport, but also a very, I don't want to say catty sport, but I mean, it's a largely female-based sport and you start quite young. So you have this progression through the ages. And I mean, we all know as teenagers, teenage girls, there's a lot of drama and there's a lot of there can be bullying and I just think that it can be a tough community and so I think it's important to have these conversations and I really wanted to kind of spark that with this podcast and so this question about what is one thing you would change or educate horse people about um, I just think it reflects that kind of overlying topic that we all need to reflect on about what can we do to be better and what do we want to change in our community and I think realizing what that thing is that we want to change will help us kind of change it within ourselves and with our own little communities and just create that kind of awareness that will hopefully then lead to just a better equestrian community because that's I mean that's why I created this podcast that's that's what I really want because I mean frankly I have had a lot of bad experiences in the horse world and struggled to connect with horse people because of some of those bad experiences and I mean I don't I don't take my the blame off myself entirely for that I mean it was you know growing up I mean I was not some angel who was immune from you know participating in the drama and some of the negative aspects of the horse community but now that I kind of am older and have a bit more like reflection on some of those experiences I think that this could be a really positive way to kind of just further a more positive, open, kind horse community. Since I'm kind of interviewing myself today, that's kind of what I'm considering this episode to be, I'm going to try and answer this question myself. It's probably going to end up in a very long tangent that's going to go on since I'm just blabbing to a microphone here. But I mean, I hope you can get something from it. So I think for me, the thing that I would wish to change in the horse community would be the exclusivity. And this this applies in a couple different ways. First, in kind of the exclusivity element of once you're in the horse world, sometimes if you don't have, like there is some judgment 
if you don't have the best of the best or if you can't afford the best of the best, there is some kind of kind of gatekeeping in a way that you can't be part of certain communities or like not everyone, not everyone is this way, but I certainly do think it exists in some way. But what I wanted to talk about more is the element of exclusivity around the perspective of trainers and barns and of riders as thinking like if you train under a certain trainer or you board at a certain barn, like that's it you're kind of tied in that way and if you were to stray at all to go I don't know take lessons with another trainer or just go like peek at another barn see maybe what they're doing differently see if it would work better for your horse that that is in some way a negative reflection on that trainer or that barn that you're currently with and I think that exists not just in relation to trainers or barns but in a lot of different ways that we just there's this sense that you are like tied in to one thing I hope that makes sense but I mean I I have moved barns a lot and I've moved trainers a lot and I have I have been the kind of person who will board at one barn but then maybe just go take lessons with a trainer at another just to see like what they could offer you know I think we're always learning as riders and I think that's really important and I think you can get in a bit of a rut if you're stuck with one trainer for too long and I mean that's also why clinics are so important and I think clinics are awesome and I've ridden in a lot of clinics and audited a lot of clinics and I think you learn so much just from exposing yourself to as many different people as you can. But I think that there is this like negative connotation when you move to a different trainer or move to a different barn because people are so attached to their their barns and their trainers and they they just see it as like almost an insult, I think, that you are like saying there's something wrong with that barn or that trainer and of course, there can be cases where you leave a barn or a trainer because they are terrible, and I've experienced those as well, but that's a different thing, I think, versus when you are just leaving a barn to like because it's what your horse needs and because it's important for your horse, or going to a different trainer because that's what you need at that time to progress your riding. And I've had a lot of like my best friendships uh, in the horse world like disintegrate and just completely end because someone so-and-so moved barns or I moved barns or so-and-so like moved trainers and it just like people just don't take it well and I think this is something that I've seen across the horse community and it's something that I I really wish would change and it I mean because of like the personal impact it's had on my life I think I just wish that this I just wish that this mindset had never started in the first place I think it would save people a lot of stress about moving barns and it would also, you know, save a lot of relationships from ending badly. So I wish that horse people would disconnect the idea of leaving a barn and barn community or trainer from the idea that this like insinuates dislike or disrespect of that barn or that trainer. Because nine times out of 10, we are not leaving for those reasons. It's for factors outside of our control or it's for our horse's best interests or our best interests. If I was able to stay friends with all my barn friends after leaving barns and there was no negative, you know, connotation about me leaving, I would have built up a large and substantial horse community at this point. But instead, every time I've moved barns and gone to a new barn, I feel like I've been left to rebuild a new horse community, which just becomes discouraging over time. And frankly, is not easy either. I think people are not at some barns at least, are not as welcoming to new boarders and new riders as they could be. I think we should all go out of our way to 
you know, chat with the new boarder, maybe ride with them, you know, just say hi, I think, because it's hard to be at a barn and to not have that support system and to not have people to ride with and people to, you know, just, just chat with when you're at the barn, because of course we are there for the horses at the end of the day, but having a like strong barn community and good barn friends is just such a benefit. And it's just, we all crave that and we all want that. And we all want like these amazing horse friends. And I just think we should all just do our little part to just make people feel more welcome and to just outreach to people a little bit more. And I just think it would just make the horse community a better place. And that's just my little two cents. (laughs) Take from it what you will. So I think that probably helps share a little bit more about A, where I'm at right now with my riding, but also B, really what stemmed me creating this podcast. And it really is a reflection of just kind of where I've come with my riding journey and really some of the negative experiences I've had because they have made me realize things about the horse community that I I would like to see change. And I think there's a lot of things that the rest of us would like to see change as well, because at the end of the day, this is a community that for most of us, we're going to be part of our whole lives. I mean, once you get into the horse world, not that many people leave it. I think especially once you get to being, you know, a certain age, once you pass university, if you're still riding, I think chances are you'll be involved with the horse community for the rest of your life. And I think we want it to be a happy, positive place to be. And sometimes it's not that, but I hope that this podcast can just be a little bit more positivity in the horse world and can help build a little bit more of that community. And maybe over time, maybe we'll see that it will have a little bit of a a changing impact. Maybe all these things that we want to educate about and see done differently in the horse world, maybe they'll come to be. And maybe not, but that's okay too. But I hope that this podcast creates a little bit of a community for you. I know that it does for me. Chatting with all the guests is really wonderful, and I love to hear everybody's two cents. And I would love to hear from you if you want to. You can check me out on Instagram at Reverse Eye Photography and leave a little comment, maybe something about this episode that you enjoyed or something that you would like to see change in the horse world or something you'd like to educate people about. Because I think if we all thought a little bit more about that and listened to what other people have to say and maybe try to enact their changes in our everyday life, we would have a really wonderful horse community that we could be proud to be a part of, and we could be proud that we were making change within it to make it a better place. Well, thanks, guys, for listening to me ramble on for uh, a whole, I don't know, 20 or so minutes. I, I know it's probably not as interesting as when I have a guest, but I hope you feel you know me a little bit better and you have a bit of an idea kind of what I'm really hoping to achieve with this podcast. And I hope you're even more excited for the next episode. Like I said, it's going to be someone who I think equestrians in Calgary and Edmonton will both recognize. I'm really excited to have this guest on and for all the guests to come. I hope you keep on listening and we'll see you next week. And thank you guys all for listening today. This has been the Proud Horse Girl podcast. Remember to hug your horse and give them an extra cookie for me and keep on being a proud horse girl.